Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Mind Your Own Karma, the Adoption Chronicles. Today I have a special guest. He is an adoptee. His name is Jackie Harner and Jackie is a transnational transgender adoptee. He was adopted from Kisinau, Moldova at two years of age to the United States. He enjoys ice hockey and skateboarding as hobbies and loves music. I also hear he is a very talented artist and animal lover with the biggest heart. Here is my interview with Jackie Harner. So we are welcoming Jackie to the show today. Hi, Jackie. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. Hanging good, in there. Good. Awesome. So thank you so much for wanting to share your story on the podcast. I think it's going to be a little different than we normally hear. And I know there's somebody out there that's going to relate to it. So thanks for coming on the show. No problem. So let's just start and jump right in of, to know what were the circumstances of your adoption? What do you know? Uh, my mother couldn't take care of me in Moldova. And the letter that that was translated said, I am alone. I have no husband. And I was actually rejected three or four times by Moldova and they wouldn't put me up. So someone had to step in and be like, yeah, this child's not going to thrive here. He needs help. Mm. So where were you born again? Kishnau, Moldova. So yeah, Romania right here, Moldova, Ukraine, right in the middle. Okay. So what, yeah. anything else? Did you find out anything else? So she just couldn't take care of you? Couldn't take care of me. Probably had a, a bunch of trauma. Turns out there was a civil war going on when I was conceived. So it's very high possibility I was a child of assault. Oh, okay. Yeah. But not confirmed. You don't know that for sure. Not confirmed. I it, I mean, there was a war going on. It literally says, I have no husband. I'm alone in the letter that she wrote out. Yeah. So high probability is my, be- my guess. Right. And yeah. And so how did you get here? What happened? Uh, I was in a, the hospital unclaimed for about a year, then in an orphanage, then back in the hospital because I was very sick as a child, like, as a baby. Um, and then my mom, I guess, she saw about a parent uh, taking, uh, like, taking their kid from the adoptive parents and said, well, I don't want that to happen. And just, I think, picked a random country and said, I'm getting a child from a random country. Oh, okay. So your adoptive mom did that. Yeah, I really don't know. I just knew she wanted to have another adopted child, but she heard about a child literally being taken from their adoptive parents by their birth parents. She's like, well, I don't want that happening. And my sibling, their birth parents were an hour away. So my mom's like, well, I'm not messing with that. So mm-hmm. she, I think she just picked a random country and just said, okay. Like, I really don't know why she picked me in the letter she said she really didn't want a special needs child but my medical record says otherwise from moldova Mm. interesting so you mentioned that you have a sibling and they're adopted as well yep but they're domestic adoptee yep so how is that different with you being transnational and then having a domestic was there any differences growing up or oh yes I was always the troublemaker in the family. Like I never sat still, never could shut up. I still can't shut up. I have ADHD. And I was always getting into things like 
I remember one memory I have is my sister, my sibling, we uh, had some fish in our cat. We go home from school and the cat's by the fish bowl and there's no fish in the bowl. What happened? The cat ate them. The cat ate them. Oh, came no. home from school, there were no fish and the cat was by the bowl with a stupid grin on his face. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, the differences between us were my sister was very quiet, very reserved. I was loud, never shut up. Basically, my best friend met me. I walked up to her, said, hey, do you like this show? And she's like, eh, I'm like, and I just started talking about this show. And she's like, you're really weird. I like you. And we've been friends since then. <laughs> my son has ADHD and he does that too. He'll start going on about a show. And like before too long, you've heard the entire, the, you know, the whole entire plot, movie whole or plot. whatever. <laughs> the whole oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Did you guys get along, you and your sister, when you were growing up? Uh, when we were really little, I think we got along. And then, like, I guess I had some, like, behavior stuff where I, I had, like, these really bad meltdowns and stuff and fits. So, like, she didn't want to be associated with me. And uh, I remember when we when she was 16 and I was 12, we were fighting about something stupid in the house. Mom was in the garage. I can't remember what we were fighting about. But the next thing I know, she's pinned me to the ground, 16 years old. And she's considerably bigger than me because I'm this little kid. And um, she's got her hands around my throat. Sorry for the mental image. But uh, yeah, that was an experience. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So what about now? How old is she? And how old are you? I'm 30 and she's 33. Do you guys have a relationship now? Eh, mom kind of forces it. But uh, before she moved apartments because she moved down the road that we live on. And we used to live across the parking lot from each other. And I'd walk into her place. She'd be like, leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> and today I was, we were at church. My mom still makes me go to church. Despite my uh, heritage, I found out I had. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, she tripped me because I told a bad joke. Actually, the band teacher told the joke. And it was, did you and your sibling ever play I Spy when you were younger? We are both legally blind. That's not a joke you make. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So bad. And I told her that. And she's like, and she swept my leg with her cane. <laughs> and I'm like, I came to school and the teacher's like, you told her. It's like, Mr. Miller, you know me. I don't shut up. I, <laughs> I'm terrible at keeping secrets. You know I'd tell it. <laughs> so what's your relationship like with your adoptive parents? Ooh, that was a rough one. <laughs> I basically had to beg my mother for my files because I'm changing my name and gender marker for transitioning. Yeah. And so I need all the adoption files, all that information to show the Indiana to prove that I'm not a random person that just randomly showed up. Yeah. And uh, have all the files basically in one of my drawers, not drawers, but like one of my shelves in my closet. And, uh, Relationship with my mom, I was always a troublemaker and I felt like I always got blamed for things that I didn't do. Mm. And uh, I do remember when my sister tried to strangle me. Later on, I tried bringing it up like a couple, maybe this year. And she's like, well, you set off her autism and you probably deserve to probably have that happen. It's like, okay, nobody deserves that. Mm. Yeah. How did that feel when she said that? It's been, it was rough. And it's like, and my meds are being changed. I was finding out where I came from. Like this last year was several dumpsters on fire. Yeah. The dumpster fire was a circle of dumpsters. They were having a ritual and they all were on fire. 
Oh my gosh. That was the last year for me. Yeah. So you did bring up that you're transgender and transitioning. What has that journey been like? That's been different. A lot of people I know who are transgender, they have their parents to look at. I'm just like, Google, Google. I Google what I'm what the closest thing I'd look like. I don't even know what I'd look like, honestly, because most guys can be like, oh, yeah, I'll look like my dad. It's like, good luck. Good luck. I don't, I don't know. If I turn out looking like I do, uh, uh, good luck. That's just me. Yeah. So you don't know, you didn't ever see a picture of your birth mother? Never, never. Nothing. She gave birth in the hospital, abandoned me. Dad was one and done. Basically went back to Russia, as far as I know. Never heard from anybody from that again. And uh, now I'm in America. Yeah. So how did not having that genetic mirroring, how did that affect you? It was pretty rough because my sibling got to know their birth family at uh, 18 and because in Ohio legally you can see your birth you can meet your birth family with your birth with your adoptive parents okay in Ohio the state I was uh, adopted in but uh, my sister was also adopted in Ohio but uh, with their national adoptee it's a lot harder yeah it's like good luck right so do you think that that played a role in the transgender thing? Or do you think that's totally separate from your adoption? Oh, that's totally separate. Uh, I always felt that way since I was like five or six years old. Okay. I looked at my grandmother and said, I don't like dresses. And she's like, okay, I won't buy you that stuff anymore. And she bought me all the cool stuff. Like most grandmas would. <laughs> she bought me all the really cool stuff I wanted. Uh, I distinctly remember getting Pokemon boxers and begging my mother to let me wear them under my clothes for school. And I'm like, mom, it's not against the dress code. You can wear them under. And she's like, because she taught her school. She's like, no, 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 you're not. Mm-hmm. It's like, fine. And so I, I wore them to the dentist one day underneath <laughs> my shorts. You snuck them. <laughs> I remember they're, they're green, white, and I had Mewtwo on them. I remember them perfectly. Because <laughs> my grandmother was like, Digimon shirt or Pokemon boxers? And I was like, Pokemon boxers. <laughs> it was like 1999, 2001. So I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Okay. I had those. <laughs> so how is that with your uh, adoptive parents now? Are they um, accepting of that? Uh, my mom is. I, I was raised by a single mother. My stepdad, I mean, their family, they still call me by the wrong name. It's like, you guys are going to look like, like the holidays are coming. I was like, I love y'all. Also, you're going to look like you have early onset brain issues. So, yeah, yeah, it's a transition for them, I'm sure, too. No, they've had like 11 years to do their thing and they still haven't committed. Yeah. Wow. So how old were you when? Yeah. So how old were you when you found out you were adopted? Oh, I always knew my mom had all these books that obviously painted the romantic picture of it. Yeah. You know, all those books. I was like, yay, yay, adoption. And it's like. And then, like, I remember when I was a kid, the Hey Arnold Christmas special came out. And this is really interesting. Mr. Wynn, the Vietnamese guy, he had to give his child up for adoption because of a war. And I didn't even know there was a war in Moldova when I was younger. Yeah. And I, like, watched that episode. I was like, okay, I'm never watching that again. That was too sad. And I didn't know why it was too sad. Mm. And now I'm older. I'm like, oof, they let that air on TV. Yeah. Oof. Now it all makes sense. But the cool, the happy thing of it was he found his daughter and Arnold's Christmas present to him was finding his daughter because he knew that's what he wanted every year was to find his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he ended up finding her. And like, I don't know how much money that kid paid, but like, 
man, that must have been a lot of money or a lot for <laughs> right? a kid to pay for that. Like realistically, that kid would not have been able to do it. Realistically, no, no. no. But it's a it's a story about a birth family being reunited. So that's the only like adopt. That's kind of more adoptee and birth parent centric than any kids TV show I ever saw. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that one. That was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I remember the show. I just never saw that. That, that was Arnold's show, Christmas. That, that was the one where my kids probably did. Yeah, <laughs> I refused to watch it. I didn't know why I was so sad, and now I'm older. I'm like, yeah, now you're like, oh, ouch. Yeah, interesting. So looking back as a kid, do you see adoption shaping you as a child and growing up? And how did you see that? Yeah. What'd you notice? I was usually the kid that was into the weird stuff. And uh, also, I wasn't the actually, quote unquote, normal kid of the family. I was super hyperactive, always, always getting into things. My earliest memory of childhood is running into the file cabinet at church, getting put in a child size straitjacket, and they put my uh, they glued their head back together. <laughs> yeah, I have a little scar really right here from where they glued me. At the church? Oh, yeah. I ran into the file cabinet and they had to take me to the hospital. They put me in a child size straitjacket and took me to the hosp- at the hospital because they didn't have the thing where they now they can like put kids on like sedation and respiratory. Back then they had the child size straitjackets. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. And uh, as a child, I was not exactly, I guess, listened to or heard a lot, I felt. Mm my sister, my sibling also had a uh, legal blindness. And I feel like since her eyesight was at the time worse, my mother seemed to, I felt she directed all the attention to uh, my sister. And uh, I exactly didn't exactly get along with anybody. I was not a happy child. I mean, I acted happy, but honestly, I wasn't. Mm. Yeah. Like a lot of us do that. Are you able to search for your biological family? I've tried. Like I did DNA tests. I've done all the research mm-hmm. I could. Nothing about my biological family. But I did find out, and this is very heavy, I have ancestors that died in the Holocaust. Oh, wow. Yeah. How'd you find that out? Through um, Ancestry? Uh, or uh, I did a, uh, my heritage had their DNA quest uh, where they send people kits. And it was just, I was hoping to find my parents. But then I was like, why do I have so many like Ashkenazi and Sephardi Jewish matches and it's like, but no DNA. And I started looking at names. And I was like, okay, these are a lot of, these are a lot. I had like a ridiculous amount of matches from Germany. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Also, I started just researching that stuff on my own. And, and I remember my mom said there's a big cemetery by the orphanage I was in, in Moldova. And I used yay old Google Maps to look up the orphanages in Kishnev in the district I was born in, which is Buyukani, the Buyukani district. And uh, the only cemetery by an orphanage is a Jewish cemetery. Mm. Wow. So were you able to trace any of those relatives um, to find out what happened I, to them? A lot of them either died as, as this is heavy, but some of them died in the gas chambers at Auschwitz. Like you can look mm. it up on Ancestry on Holocaust Remembrance Day. That's what I did. Mm. How was that finding that out? Rough, but also, you know, uh, the thing I can do to honor them is try to make their memories a blessing and, you know, you know, just be a good person. I try. I try. I'm not perfect at it. Like nobody's perfect, yeah. but 
I just try to be nice and kind to everybody, but also I call out stuff when I see it, and that's gotten me into trouble as a child. <laughs> so your DNA, you're part Jewish. What else did you find out? Roma, Romani, so uh, slur I'm not going to say, but it starts with a G. But I found out Romani, Jewish, uh, a decent amount of Russian ancestry because my birth dad was Russian. Hmm. Uh, like, I don't know, like my heritage, they haven't updated their stuff in forever. So uh, I'm saving for an ancestry kit because they're a little more accurate from what I hear. Oh, okay. So which ones did you do? I just did my heritage because my mom refused to pay for a kit for me. She thought it was stupid. And when I found out, she's like, you're going to run off to Moldova. It's like. Plane tickets are expensive. I'm medically a dumpster fire at the moment. I literally cannot drive. I'm blind. I barely know how to navigate the town, let alone an airport, let alone a country that I've never been to. Yeah. Like she really thought I was going to run away to Moldova. So your medical history, that sounds like that would be super important for you to explore. Yeah. 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 Yep. So what I got from Moldova, and I can read this word for word from my iPhone. Mm -hmm. The child in the orphanage is in the orphanage in the age of one year and one month with a diagnosis of prenatal, perinatal affection of the central nervous system with hypertensive hypocephalic syndrome, probability of infantile cerebral paralysis, anemia, rachitis 11, subactive evolution, no record of amnesis data. Period of adaption was satisfactory. Suffered often from acute bronchitis. From March 22nd, 1994 to, to July 1st, 1994, was hospitalized with bronchitis. The diagnosis of obstructive receptacular bronchitis, cataral medium, bilateral otitis, perinatal affection of central nervous system with hypertensive syndrome, Infantile cerebral paralysis. The child was examined by the doctor on 119.94, no change. Surgeon, 125.94, healthy. Dentist, 117.94, healthy. The child is controlled by a psychoneurologist with the diagnosis premature organic harm of central nervous system with hypertensive syndrome. Infantile cerebral paralysis. paralysis. The child was not vaccinated. And that's all I have from there. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. That's a lot. And I was like, man, I wish I knew that a year. I literally got that like two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. What did you think when you read that? I'm never giving this file back to my mother, no matter what she says. Yeah. She can complain all she wants. I love her. Also, literally, I'm never giving this file back because you hid it from me for close to 29 years. Next month is my uh, 30, 29 years uh, since I came to America. So in November... So if, if you, if, if I don't know when you release them, but it's funny if you released it the week of Thanksgiving, because that's the week I was brought home. That'd be really ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Did you talk to your mom about it? Does she know that you have that information? Oh, I had to beg her for it. She was really like, you're not getting that stuff. You're wa-. And then like, she was like, and everyone's like, oh, you're like hysterical. You don't know anything. It's like, literally, I don't know anything because I don't have any history. What do you expect me to do? Be, oh yeah, you know history. It's like, no, no, no. I'm a medical dumpster fire. No one can figure out what's going on. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it is frustrating. But uh, the biggest thing was finding out my medical history, honestly. And I have my doctor's appointments literally 
I have my primary and dietitian this week. And this is going to, I'm delivering my file to both appointments for health reasons. Yes. Your doctor is going to want to see that stuff. I agree. Definitely. Wow. That might help so much with, yeah. Even my my therapist is like, I read it word for word and on my phone. She's like, you literally have an untreated neurological condition that no one addressed. Yeah. Wow. And my mom was like, well, you just have bad balance problems because they wrapped you up in those swaddling things. It's like, mom, I read the file. That is not, that was true. I would have gained my balance back by now. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I can skateboard and play hockey. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Those are the only two sports I can yeah. do. Skateboarding right. and hockey. Well, maybe they can figure out something to, you know, hopefully it's not too late to fix some of those things and they can figure out something. Uh, the brain things are pretty much ingrained at this point. But, uh, you know, usually with cerebral palsies, you want to get that done as soon as you're young. But of course, uh, that didn't happen. And my mother hid the file from me. So, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think she was like, yeah, that was frustrating. But, you know, it's, I look at it as I finally have the file. I can get actual medical help I actually need. And the hypertensive part is like, my heart was being really weird for like a couple weeks after I had surgery. And like, no one could figure out why. It's like, but everything looked normal and like everything was in the normal range. But now I'm like, oh, I probably have heart problems because of my uh, premature birth. So, how premature were you? I knew I weighed 2.2 pounds if you convert the grams. So 1,100 grams was how much I weighed at birth. It says in my letter that my mother gave, when my mother gave me up. And if you convert that to American standard system, math is not my forte, but uh, that's like (laughs) barely two pounds. Yeah. I was the size of a kitten, like the weight of a kitten, if you want to know how small I was. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's super crazy to find out. Yeah, my niece weighed two pounds, 13 ounces, I think. And she was, I think her mom was about six months, six and a half months along. So, oh, wow. And I was totally lied about when I was supposed to be due. My mom said, I don't know. I mean, that's, she said, she said I was supposed to be due in February, but apparently with my weight, I obviously was way, way not. I was like yeah. at least six, possibly six months over yeah. mature and like nobody told me. So, you know, yeah, I obviously did not get the care I needed as a child. Right. Yeah. I wonder how even in that country, what the care was like over it was there. Sus. I saw pictures. Oh, really? I Googled pictures of the hospitals. Of where you were at? No, I just went on Google and Googled what the hospitals would look like in 1994 when I was in that type of, in that part of the world. And like, my mom was like, they had very good hospitals. Like, no, I saw the pictures. They were sus. Mm. They were not good. They were very sus. And of course, they were just breaking out from Soviet Russia. There was a civil war. Like, all that was going yeah. on. Quite, right. quite, uh, quite a lot to unpack with that one. Hmm. Definitely. So you don't even know if you have biological siblings. You don't know anything. Nope, nothing. My sibling has biological siblings. And I guess, and you don't, the, you never like got any pictures of like when you were a baby before. I literally have the pictures from the orphanage. Oh, you do? They're at my mother's house, but she thinks I'm going to destroy the memory book in a fit of rage where it's like, one, I'm not stupid enough to destroy that. And two, like I've been working my butt off in like trauma therapy. So, you know, yeah, 
Um, I literally, she, I, when I was a kid, I, I had so many issues with like being abandoned and all that. And like my friends would abandon me and stuff. My friends remember I couldn't play hide and seek alone because I'd get scared and someone always had to be with me. <laughs> but like I was so scared. I'd go to our basement. I don't know why. But I liked <laughs> our basement maybe because our TV was down there. And I and the computer was down there and all my toys were down there. I just would hide in the basement. But then I get scared and make someone go and I'd make someone stay with me because I'd be like, no, no, it's too scary down here. And then and then like I jump out before they find me, like, you found me. <laughs> I did not understand the concept of hide and seek because of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I so you mentioned the concept of hide and seek. <laughs> You mentioned that you've had uh, trauma therapy. What is what kind of trauma therapy did you have? I do EDMR um, every two weeks, and I do talk psychotherapy every other week. So every other week, I I cycle through both talk therapy and EDMR. How is that helping you? Yeah, but man, the dreams are vivid AF. Really? Wow. And I was warned the dreams would be vivid, but like they were super vivid. So like memories, you think? Uh, it's like, it's like I don't see very well. I'm legally blind. Considered legally blind now, and mm-hmm. uh, so that my therapist has these things that basically stimulate your brain, your left and right brain, and they're like vibrate in your hands. It kind of goes vibrate, 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 vibrate. Yeah, and like lights up your brain, and then uh, you uh, they ask you a question, and then you talk about it, and then they do the vibrate the vibrating thing, and then ask you another question. Like, it turns out I have a really bad fear of innate fear of dying, mm. which makes sense after what after literally I figured out my history. So, yeah. Yeah. So is that any of that therapy helping you think? Yeah, I think it is. And uh, good. Literally uh, being my own legal guardian has really helped things. So you had to like, legally I'm my own guardian. Yeah. So that really helps things. Because I'm like, mom. I love you. Also, scoot, scoot. I can do this. <laughs> I mean, the nicest way possible. Yes. Scoot, scoot. I can yeah. do this. She a big worry wart. <laughs> yeah. And a little too. Well, she likes to overstep boundaries. And the organization that helps. I'm in supported livings, but I live in an apartment with a roommate. But the supported living that I live in, uh, they literally make sure I get to doctor's appointments and all that. And uh they help me get to doctor's appointments but my mom literally wants to know every single detail it's like i feel guilty if i don't tell her but also she literally tells her friends those details oh wow (laughs) when they ask her not to it's like yeah yeah that's not cool it's like literally um that's not exactly something you're supposed to do even if you're my mother right yeah yeah sure she's worried about you but then at the same time there's some boundaries there the boundaries are there's no concept of boundaries (laughs) with her you can waltz into the apartment like she owns the place and literally she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so do you consider yourself ever being in the adoption fog? Oh, yeah. I thought when I was a kid, I was like, ha, your parents are stuck with you. I was chosen. <laughs> I was a jerk child. I would roast the other kids like it was going out of style. <laughs> so when did you kind of start coming out of the fog? Uh, honestly, I know we weren't going to talk about it, but the war in Ukraine, when I found out Putin was going to probably bomb Moldova. Mm, that's when you came out of the fog? <laughs> yeah, literally like within the last 10 months. Wow. All right. So what did that look like? And how, how are you dealing with that? 
lots of mental health breakdowns, lots of mental health breakdowns. The uh, organization thinking I'm just trying to start stuff, thinking I'm hysterical, not knowing anything. It's like, dude, no. And I'm like, I'm willing, I was willing to do a webinar for them on adoption trauma. And like, they wouldn't know, I got crickets. And who is this? It's you... like, uh, this organization that takes care of me in Indiana. Uh-huh. Um, they don't really take care of me. They kind of, they help with me, but literally, um, I can still make my own medical and legal choices. I'm not totally incapacitated. I yeah. mean, I'm not incapacitated at all. My mother right. thinks I am, but, uh. When you have medical history, you don't know what the fudge you're doing, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Put it nicely. Definitely. So when did you start your trauma therapy? How long ago? Uh, about five months ago. Okay. Last so, meet your bud. <laughs> so that's good, though. I mean, that's probably helping deal with all that stuff. Yeah. I also had a mental health provider in the past who absolutely, uh, not only was like coming out of the fog, my medicine was changed all at once. All my mental health meds, they did the gene site oh test, like your cheeks, yeah. send it off, say, okay, this is what your body does to the medicine. And the, the old provider was like, no, okay, this isn't working. We're changing everything. It's like, oh, and I'm no. pretty sure I would have, like, literally, like, my mom didn't believe anything was sus with her. Everyone else did. I was, like, too scared to say anything because literally my life is in this this person's hands. Why would I mess it up? That's so frustrating. Like you're not supposed to. I know you're not supposed to change those meds literally like yeah. all at once. That's what she did. And I literally was like, I'm like in, I look like I'm basically in children's clothing. I am literally, um, I was about close to about 190 at the beginning, like close to 180, 190, literally in October of last year. I'm 139 now. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Like without trying. Wow. Just because of the medication change? Medication changes, trauma, PTSD. And uh, I, I got an infection that's common in the countries I was born in. And they don't know how I got it. So uh, <laughs> that's just been sitting dormant and just said, hello, I'm here. What? And uh, it's H. pylori bat infection that nobody knew where it came from at all. Wow. If it was the water in our apartment, my roommate would have gotten sick too. So it doesn't make any sense how I had it at all. So yeah. I have been able, I've been dropping weight, not being able to gain weight. And uh, yeah, so I go to a dietitian, go to a regular doctor. Like I had probably 70, 70. You have a lot of doctor's appointments. <laughs> yeah. And it took me a while to keep track of all of them. Like some of them were like all, were like two in a day. So I would just go to the office, bring my laptop and just play on my laptop between appointments. Right. Whatever, to, whatever gave me time to do whatever I wanted to oh do on gosh. it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow yeah so anything else that's helped you deal with your adoption trauma besides um, your therapies playing hockey drawing listening to music and skateboarding yeah definitely it's good and what would you tell struggling adoptees what would you want them to know it doesn't exactly get better at all by any means but listen to yourself and you know yourself better than anybody, better than your adoptive parents, better than anybody. You know yourself better than the world does. Give yourself a little credit. The world, the world thinks we're not exactly know what we're doing, but we know ourselves best. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about your story um, that we didn't 
that we missed when I was a child. This is gets very heavy, so very big trigger warning. But uh, because of my mother's uh, possible assault and my and that being my circumstance of birth, um, when I was a child, I had four kids basically assault me, and then a girl and another kid did it when I was in fourth grade. I tell my mother, and she's like, "Well, he probably wanted it to happen." It's like, okay, I'm not telling you any of that anymore. Like you're not oh allowed to gosh. hear that. Yeah. And uh, she, my mother uh, likes to, uh, I remember the texts I've gotten are not very, some of them are not very nice at all, which sucks. But some of the ones I've gotten are, uh, man, I'm re- I'm not going to give my mom's name because I, val- I value privacy and she probably. Yeah, no, we won't uh, do she's that. probably very mad at me, but uh, I value privacy enough to not give her a name. But uh, still, the texts she sent me were. When I was like frustrated with something, I'm trying to find these texts. These were ridiculous. This is when I was begging for my actual pro- my actual medical records. She said, I could search for these, but that just takes longer. So, uh, oh man, that's a lot of texts, but it was really bad. But she said, I, she said, I went through the adoption through, I paid for you to have a comfortable home, etc. Legally, I'm my own guardian. You can't keep that paperwork forever. And I did talk to a lawyer on Wednesday because I'm changing my name and gender marker. Mm-hmm. You just didn't believe it because that that fit that didn't doesn't fit the I pay for you and I own you narrative. Actually, you're so angry that you're adopted that you can't get any of your birth parents, so you take it out on me. I've been treated like over and over. You take what you need and give me the rest so it's not lost or walk to Indianapolis tomorrow. Be totally on your own and see how far you get. I literally looked up the laws. They are public record, and I'm obeyed. Just saying I have legal rights to them. Never said you didn't. You can keep them at my house, but I have rights too. You keep throwing you're not my guardian in my face. I'll let you know what emancipated really looks like. You're bleep lucky to have me. You would still be screaming about the old medical pro- medication provider without my intervention. Good night. That's all the crap she literally texted me within like 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. <sighs> so hard. Yeah, it's like, dude, literally, like, I'm unemployed because of, like, medical stuff, and I'm trying to get my job, a job again, and, like, she, my mom's like, well, I'll pay your internet and your uh, utilities until January, it's like, you're gonna have to pay until after January, because the way things are looking, voc rehab uh, is very far behind, um, I'm just waiting on everything, it's a waiting game, and she and my stepdad really love to drive the, when are you getting a job kind of deal, it's like, dude, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. You've got a lot of medical issues going on too. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, I mean, and with all the doctor's appointments and things right now, like, how yeah. can you even yeah, have I mean, a work time schedule? To work, like, it's ridiculous. Like, she's, yeah. and then I had my hysterectomy done. I just got to get my name and gender marker changed and everything will be done with that. Mm-hmm. So, you're moving forward with that this next year. I got the hysterectomy done already. I just got to do the name and gender marker change. And that's the last part. Yeah. And uh, then I'm converting to Judaism since I found out I had ancestors that died in the Holocaust. All right. Mother absolutely threw a crap fit, to put nicely. Really? Like, she's like, no. About the religious part? Oh, both. Everything. 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 And uh, it was very frustrating because um, I was raised Lutheran. And uh, I was like, yeah, these vibes are off since I was a little kid. I never really understood it. I was like, the vibes are off. No offense to anybody to uh, who's uh, who's Christian. Yeah. This wasn't right for you. I said, like, this is the vibes are off. I don't get it. And I was like, why did I never really feel a connection to this? I just kind of did what was expected. Because, like, 
when you get confirmed, like you have to do all this stuff where like you uh, do all this like talking and stuff. It's really and uh, it was a lot. But I knew my sister got a hundred dollars from my aunt. I was like, ooh, hundred dollars. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That is a lot of a decent amount of, <laughs> amount of cash. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I was like, well, I know I get money out of this. So it sounds horrible, but I'm. Like when you're eighth grade, no job, no no that stuff. And uh, then like in school, that even being adopted affected me in school because my mother taught at my school. Oh, boy. She would tell stories. Oh, boy. <laughs> like the year I thought Jesus was going to be under the freaking Christmas tree because the whole she had explained that like he wouldn't be under the Christmas tree. We just pretend we kind of say we'll act like he comes every year. <laughs> it's like and then my sister is looking at me goes, yeah, but in three months we get to kill him my gosh <laughs> easter i was like no and i think my mom just told her to shut up and rushed me out of the room <laughs> oh my gosh but i genuinely thought jesus would be on the tree like i'm sobbing at my grandma I was like he didn't come he didn't come and i was like no no the presents are right there the presents are right there it's like no 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 there's no baby jesus under the tree most and kids are like, most kids are crying because they figured out santa wasn't true and you were crying that jesus wasn't gonna be true <laughs> I was not the brightest child on the Christmas, uh, the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree as a child. Sometimes that bulb isn't very bright these days. I try. It's pretty funny, but man, that nobody knew that story. Yeah, you like, gotta laugh at students. yourself sometimes. Yeah, right. But nobody knew that story in my cl- my class I grew up in because they all were elementary kids. And my mom taught in high school. Once I got to high school, I got roasted like a chestnut. Oh my for that gosh! One. Like they just walked up and like. Hey, idiot, Jesus isn't going to be on the tree. It's like, oh, shut no, up. they're never going to let that go. <laughs> yeah, they never let that go when I was when I was in high school. And of course, uh, I was not treated very well at the high school I was at either. Yeah, it wasn't a private, was it? Oh, no, 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 it was public. My mother taught at public school, very small town in Ohio. OK, but that school, I don't even know why I'm going back to that, that, that town's 150th anniversary. Have those people I don't want to see again. Are you going? For a reunion or something? Unfortunately, my mom already booked the hotel. Oh, <laughs> you're going. I don't have a choice at this point. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't have a choice. Was it a school reunion or? No, no. The, the town I grew up in is turning 150. Oh, okay. So okay. everybody who's been there within the last, like, ages is like, I'm going to see all these people I saw in high school. It's like. Yeah, fun. I'm walk them like, <laughs> I had PTSD because of you jerks. <laughs> yeah, right. Like oh literally, I was bullied to the point in uh, in high school that uh, the band director did nothing. Um, the person bullying me was section leader, so she got away with everything. When I was a seventeen year old, and she was a legal adult, so eighteen, she and her mother orchestrated a false essay claim against me. Oh wow! Which is bad, and like I literally was a wreck from that one. And uh, yeah, I didn't think I was gonna make it through junior year that year, but I somehow did, mm. and absolutely. I was very glad to kick that place out. Yeah. I turned to a kid at graduation and said, as soon as we leave, I'm getting the heck out of here. Right. And he just goes, word. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I graduated, I was like, okay, I'm seeing you losers later. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh but the only good thing that precedes me from that high school is I'm literally still known as the most insanely artistic person in my graduating class and the biggest My Chemical Romance fan. <laughs> <laughs> So artistic, what do you do? Uh, cartoons. I have my sketchbook oh, in my cool. closet, but uh, I think awesome. I have a few pictures on my phone I can pull up, actually. I've done on my on my old iPad. 
Cool. So uh, I can send you those pictures too later. Yeah, I'd like so to see them. you can put them on yeah. for like promo. Yeah. So uh, I'll pull up. I'll just look up art. Yeah. I have a lot of art. Holy cow. That's awesome. Too much art on here. I love to draw. Like I have friends that love to draw. I have a lot of people. I took private art lessons. Uh, my friend told my mother, I love him. Please stop paying me. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> I feel for the ones on my iPad. Oh, that's an iPod one. That's a weird one I found on the internet. I cancel iPad. Ah. Maybe you should get in touch with some, like, be an illustrator for. I should. That'd be good. I'm really good at drawing. I am good at drawing. Get get a hold of some publishers or something, you know? Or yeah, I do want to publish like my own work, my own like book about it, and then make a comic out of it. That'd be cool. My adoption. Yeah, that would be awesome to do a comic about adoption. Yeah, that would be awesome. You need to do that. You I should. Your, be awesome. your New Year's resolution. Yeah. 2024. <laughs> My 24. Yep. Try to somehow get a book out there. That's Now's the book. time to do it. Once you know. I get an iPad, that actually works. I have to wait till tax season for that one. Yeah. Definitely. I do a lot of digital art, but uh, let's cool. see. I had one I did. I did a lot. I do a lot of comic book art. So uh, I do a lot of drawings. Like drawing is my favorite thing to do. I swear. Very therapeutic. So. Definitely. Oh yeah, I'll send you some art that I have on my. Uh, yeah, send I'll me some. Do some scanning of some art, and I'll send you some stuff Sounds to put creation promos. Yes, I but know this. my other favorite thing is ice hockey. The ice hockey store in up in Carmel, called Pure Hockey, because Carmel, Indiana's on the way to my mom's house. So I beg her to stop there every time we're driving through Carmel, because it's literally on the way home. I was like, Mom, can we stop at Pure Hockey? And she's like she hates hockey like she absolutely hates it really she absolutely hates hockey and she's resigning herself to one one nhl game okay next year to see the capitals play the bruins i like the capitals yeah i like to watch it in person it's too hard for me to watch it on tv because i can't see the puck i'm like i don't know nowadays i have puck tracking and i'm horrible at the rules i'm yeah. like i don't get the i don't get the penalties. i do like cross-checking <laughs> get it high sticking <laughs> tripping flashing Tripping, slashing, uh, interference is when a player steps in front and block and messes up something. Uh, there's game penalties for uh, getting in fights. There's uh, match penalties. That's the best yeah, part. Exactly. My mom doesn't <laughs> understand that. Like, I explained the hockey code to her, and she's like, "They keep the peace by punching other each other in the face." I said, "Yes." They get their aggression out. <laughs> yeah, like my favorite thing to do is like shoot pucks around. And like, just like do that. That's a good way to get my frustrations out. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not as aggressive as I was as a child, but uh, I still have some issues with that. But uh, I'm finding better ways to do. It. I journal. I shoot hockey pucks. Listen to music. Draw. I definitely have yeah. better ways of dealing with that stuff than I used to. Right. Awesome. It's finding all those things out, you know. Yeah, this was in the past ten months. So that's been a wild. It's been a wild. Been a wild yeah. ten months for me, my friend. Eleven months coming up next year. Yeah, I know you're in some of the adoptee groups on Facebook. Have they been helpful? Yeah, mostly the Aaron County adoptee voices. I like that one. I mean, adoptees have cut ties because I am looking at honestly, honestly looking into like doing the whole no contact deal with my adoptive mother just because she doesn't understand that she really hasn't respected boundaries. It's just frustrating. Yeah. The legal stuff is getting muddy, you know. Yeah. And a big trigger warning, but uh 
when I started going to synagogue, her idea of rebuting it was when I wouldn't give names was relax. It's not like I'm going to kill everyone there. It's like, mother, you cannot say that. That is considered a threat. Yeah. <laughs> like people will take that seriously. It's five, especially five months after the tree of life. You can't say that now. You couldn't even say that back in January because no. that was when the tree of the tree of life shooting was like three months earlier. People were still t- very raw. From yeah, that. it's like, mother, you can't say that crap. Right. Well, anything else you want to share about your adoption experience that we um, haven't covered? Let's see. Um, I have made a lot of friends who are adoptees, which is nice. And uh, mostly on Facebook because like there's not enough adoptees in the town I yeah. grew up in. Or the town I live in now, really, you got to go like hunting for them. Oh gosh, that sounded weird. <laughs> you got to go like looking around. Like, I ran into one at, um, it's funny, like, I was really frustrated about like waiting for my mom to go to get to Applebee's in the town I live in. And she's like, well, and she was running behind. And I, I'm like, I was frustrated. And it's like, you literally, and I found out how much my adoption papers cost, which is $500. Holy moly. I was the price of a PlayStation 5. That's crazy. To legally adopt. That's crazy. So I don't even think it was fully legal. Like that just seems way too cheap to pay for a freaking child. Five hundred dollars. Wow. And that was a nice night for that sounds way too cheap by those standards. Yeah. I'm sure my sister was more money than I was, honestly. Probably. Yeah. So you know, sus. Very sus. <laughs> yeah. But in my free time, I, I do like video games. I don't have a video game system. I, I recently sold my uh, PlayStation 4 Pro because the P- I'm saving it for PS5. And I need a new TV in my room for that. So it's more of a waiting game for that stuff. Yeah. And then like, You got to get that iPad and get this illustrated. Got to get that iPad and do the art yeah. thing. I wonder if like Vogue Rehab would actually... I doubt they would, but like pay for an iPad if I made that a professional thing. Maybe. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I have to ask them. Yeah. They do into when they do my uh, intake stuff. I still haven't got my approval letter. They're several months behind with everybody, not just me. It's like pandemic, right? All that. Like it is what it is. It's more of a waiting game. Sure. Try it though. You never know. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice. I mean, they're already getting me AirPods. So I literally can like walk around a town and not be in a boot for four months if you're in fireside you remember i had that giant boot on my left foot mm-hmm. no boot no boot, no boot. i was in that nice. for four months i kept wrecking my foot and that's how they found out i was legally blind because i didn't have a low vision exam since i was five years old so like literally oh my god i don't know why my mother literally was i genuinely i genuinely do not know how that went through honestly she didn't even wow. speak russian which is wild which is what they spoke over there yeah she spoke French to them and they just handed me over is what I is what she told me. Like <laughs> she um, spoke French. Yeah, she was a foreign language teacher. Oh. Foreign geez. language teacher. And she spoke French and they hand, like this never happened before. She, they handed me over and I went on the plane. Of course she had all the paperwork, but but obviously back in nineteen ninety four you could forge that a lot easier than you can now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you yeah, so, get yeah, some stuff, stuff figured with out with this medical stuff and yeah. Me too. I know. Dude, I just want my life back. That's why I look at it. I used to be skateboarding, yeah. playing hockey, going to work. I mostly just like nowadays, just like go around town, hang out at the mall. Like I'm I'm surprised they haven't been charging me rent at the skateboard shop I hang out at. <laughs> That's much I hang out there. Like they joke about charging me rent. And it's like, I know, I know. I have no money. I'm sorry. You're like, why don't you just hire me? I go exactly. <laughs> like I have already done an internship. I'm already here. 
Like, I already know that place well enough. I know how to put skateboards together. I just can't do the uh, grip tape razors because, like, I'm blind. Like, who would trust me with that? Yeah. And we figured that out maybe you, when I interned there. Maybe you could do custom illustrations on skateboards. Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. Like, <laughs> that'd be that'd cool. Be cool. you make a lot of money I doing could, that. I could. I don't know how to do it. Maybe. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I could do designs on my iPad and do them for the shop. Maybe I could get an iPad yeah. to get thing together for their 13 or 14 year anniversary th this next year of being open. Jackie, I have a hundred ideas for you. <laughs> I have a hundred ideas for myself. <laughs> yeah. You're going to do just fine. Yeah, I have a lot of good ideas. You're going to be a famous illustrator. <laughs> I think I would. My mother didn't push the starving artist crap on me so much. Yeah. No, you could make a ton of money. Anyway, I stepped out like, why isn't he an artist? He's good. It's like, I was like, it's your gift. Starving artist. He won't make money Go for it. It's my gift. <laughs> I like, I like drawing a lot. My grandmother taught me to draw. It's actually 20 years mm. since she passed away this weekend. It's a very weird weekend for me, but uh, yeah, I feel like my grandma would be proud. Something I texted one of my aunts. Awesome. I said, uh, let me find the text. This is really not, it's a really good way to put it. But Texas, I got to look at my text up. Ridiculous. I said, or she said, my aunt said, I said, not to be sad, but today is 20 years since grandma passed away. But I posted that Friday. I texted Friday. We should do some art to honor her memory. Just an idea. And then my aunt texted, mom never taught me any art like she did you, but I'll draw to honor her artistic talents. And I said, mm -hmm. art can be anything. Doesn't have to be drawing or painting. Just existing as an art in itself. Oh, that's great. That's a great quote. I love that. Thank you. It's awesome. Well, Jackie, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jackie today. It always saddens me to hear these stories where people cannot find any biological relatives. As adoptees, someone signed our rights away to our biology before we could even comprehend what was happening or speak to be able to stand up for our rights. Our rights were taken away from us. They were signed away by someone else. And as we get older, we still are not privy to that information. And it just seems ludicrous to me and makes me so angry. As adoptees, we are a small voice in a huge pond, and it's so difficult to have our voices heard. But we have to keep telling our stories. We have to keep getting the narrative out there, and hopefully there will be some legislation that will change that narrative. And if you would like to help us keep that narrative out there by telling your story, please contact me by email at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com and let's get your story on the podcast. Lastly, it is not too late to possibly win three free Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery sessions with me. All you have to do is go on Apple Podcast and rate and review Mind Your Own Karma. The way to do that is put in the search Mind Your Own Karma, The Adoption Chronicles. Just click on the main logo at the top of the page and scroll down about six episodes and you will see the ratings and review section. Leave a review and send me an email at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com and tell me that you've left a review and you will be entered to win the three free sessions. And at the beginning of December, I will be sending out an email to that lucky winner. Just remember that the journey is inevitable, but the baggage is 
optional. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time.